Praise the Lord, man. Amen. We know that there is this way, but are we willing to, to, to show the way? Are we willing to show the way, man? Are we willing to be lights along the way? Amen. Amen. Come on, man. That's a good place for an amen or a COVID maybe kind of thing. I think so. All right. Cause, uh, so check this out, man. Um, yesterday, a few of us were uh, down in um, uh, uh, Tucson, right? And to honor a great man, an amazing man. I'll talk about him a little later, maybe. Um, and we went to go kill some time over at the Tucson Mall, right? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> right? We just wanted to go get some coffee and stuff and chill out and not go to Cinnabons, all right? And so, and we're chilling there, man. This is kind of, I like to watch people. I got to watch, I like to watch people, man. But you got to, you got to be real careful today when you, when you watch, when you watch people, right? Because um, there's a lot of lives out there, man. There a lot of lives that are just, they're just, they're just, looking for a response. They're walking around looking for a response. And I'm watching people, man. I'm looking at, at these young men, right, trying to prove something that it would take a lifetime to prove, right? And I'm watching it. At, I'm looking at I'm seeing young ladies walk by that are leaving very little to the imagination. And I'm not, I'm not judging, man. I'm just thinking, man, what if we showed them something different? That's all I'm saying, man. Come on, stay with me right here. I'm not going there where you might think I'm going. He said, because everyone was looking, it seemed to me like most at least were looking for a response or a reaction, all right, to their presentation of their worldview. And I was just watching this. And when I was asking the Lord, man, just like, you know, what, what, what do you think? As I was having coffee and not a Cinnabon. I had like four of them. I don't want to hear about it. Don't, don't judge me. All right. <laughs> And I'm asking the Lord, what do you think, man? Because I'm looking at the reactions as they would walk by this person and that person. And I'm watching people just straight up ignore them. And I'm watching other people respond in kind of unhealthy ways, maybe with an unhealthy desire as they watch someone walk by, or maybe with some contempt or with some challenge, like what you're looking at. And I'm looking at this, man. And I just kept thinking, man, what, what, what if we showed them something different, man? What if, what if inside that mall that day, there were men and women, man, who just loved Jesus enough to show the world something different? Right? Well, what, what if, what if, what if we, you know, you know what, what would happen if we decided that we're not going to ignore them? We're not going to ignore the people, all right, that are challenging our worldview or our core convictions or our value systems. We're not going to ignore them. We're not going to, you know, try to look at them with unhealthy desires, all right? And we're not going to challenge them with contempt and like, come on. You know what I mean? We're not going to give them none of that. Well, what would happen, man, if you looked at, at young men, all right, at these young men with hope? If you let them see the hope in your eyes and not the contempt, all right, well, what would happen if you looked you know, uh, towards these young ladies right, and with care and they saw care in your eyes and not disapproval? What would it change, man? What would it change? What would it change if we, man, we're the people, this is our job, all right? What would, what would change, man? If when we walked by them, we didn't walk by them with presumptions, but walked by them in prayer. What would happen, man, if, if, if that person is walking by and you just prayed for them and they didn't even know it, man, but you're just praying for them. And you're just praying God's Holy Spirit to just reach them and that they would know that they're loved. 
What would happen, man? What would change? I think something would, don't you? What would happen, man? Well, if you would just decide to do the work of holiness, of a life of holiness, and allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest in those lives, man. The pursuit of holiness changes things, man. And I'm not talking about the pursuit of a judgmental attitude towards other people. That is not holiness. You see, because God was holy, right? God is holy. Jesus is holy, right? And he came after you. So that should tell the whole story right there, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. See, the pursuit of holiness, man, it changes the atmosphere and it challenges people in that atmosphere, the lives around it, because, because holiness changes lives. And that's what I want to talk about here today. I want to just talk about this continual pursuit of holiness and why that's important. You see, as, as people were walking by me, I attempted to give an honest smile. That's all I had, man. I'm not going to go around slapping people with Bible verses. Oh, uh, you know what the Bible says about that? You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. I just want to be the presence of Christ walking through the Tucson Mall. And you know what? I think Jesus walks through the Tucson Mall like this. Oh, you know what I mean? I just had a feeling, man, maybe. So I did, no, I didn't do that. Um, so, but I was just tempted to just smile on people, an honest smile that wasn't asking for anything unhealthy, all right? That wasn't pursuing a challenge like, you know what? Sure, I got this. Let's do it. It wasn't doing none of that, but a healthy smile. And I recognized how many people had a hard time trying to um, to understand that. And a few people smile, smile back. As some people look at me with confusion, some people thought I was just crazy, (laughs) Why are you smiling at me? Because I love you. <laughs> All right? But the pursuit of holiness, man, it changes things. It changes the atmosphere. It challenges lives around it because it changes lives and it changes the world, man. This is the life that Christ prayed for us to live. He prayed this life out for us. He was he was. He was The the night before he was crucified, all right, the night that he was arrested, his, you know, uh, he he, he was praying this life for us. He was praying this life for you and me. He was praying for a different life that makes a difference in life. Amen? Hmm. I don't know if you heard that, man. (laughs) He was praying for (laughs) a different life, (laughs) that makes a difference in life. Did you get that? It's up there, see it? That's an amen thing right there. I'm gonna let that sit for a little bit until I hear some amens. Amen, Amen. praise the Lord. 
He prayed for us. And this is what the, the creator of the universe prayed for you and me, man. He wasn't saying, God, I pray that they could walk around making everybody feel bad. I pray, Lord, that they could walk around and let everybody know how much better they are. I pray. He didn't pray none of that, man. He prayed for us to be in the world, but not of the world. This is his prayer. I'll prove it, man. He says it right here, man. And a life that, that glorifies God. In John chapter 17, Hold on, Father, we just give you the praise. We just give you the honor. This is your word and it's freaking me out right now. And so, Father, just pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would help me breathe, um, but you will help us recognize what you're telling us, each of us right now, Lord God, that even watching right now with us, that, 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 that you would help us recognize what you're saying for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so... This night, it was crazy, man, because Jesus recognizes what he's going to go and do for the world. He knows what he's going to, it all came to this. And he's getting ready to roll out. And he takes this time to pray with, his, with, the, with the homies that were with him, the disciples, right? They were rolling with him, the apostles and stuff, right? <laughs> and stuff. And they were with him. And he was praying this prayer, and he wanted them to overhear it. As he prayed to the Father, and it's crazy. And if you read this prayer in John chapter 17, you could spend a lifetime in this prayer. I come back to this prayer a lot, and I will come back to this prayer as, until Jesus comes back, all right? And so, but, um, you know, he, in the middle of the prayer, actually towards the end, around verse 20, I'm not gonna go there, but you'll see how he's not just praying for those who are with him, but every one of us that would believe in Jesus through their word. In other words, through the word that God gave them, the word of God, Amen. So will that filter recognize this prayer? John chapter 17, verse nine, he says, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the whole world. All right, now I'm praying for those whom you've given me. And this is on purpose. He says, look at man, it's our job to pray for the world and for the people of the world because he's praying right here for those who would follow him, all right, full-heartedly pursuing holiness for his glory. And then our job is to go and reach the world and shine that light in the world, right, for the glory of God. He says, I'm praying for them, all right, the ones that you've given me because they're yours. Are you his? Okay, seven of us are his, all right? <laughs> And then he says, look at all are mine and yours are mine and I'm glorified in them. And he says, I am no longer in the world. Next, he's getting ready to roll out, right? He knows he's getting ready to die on the cross for us. He's gonna be resurrected. He's gonna be ascended into heaven. All right, we'll get to that. All right, but they are in the world. They're still here. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father, to keep them in your name, which you've given me, your holy name that they may be one, even as we are one. He says, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, man. He says, you know, and I, what, you, what you've given me, and, I, and I've guarded them. And none of them has been lost except for, you know, Judas, you know, it was because that the scriptures might be fulfilled, all right? And, but, but now, another story, another time, just keep with me, stay with me. And Jesus is praying for us. Look, at he's praying this for you right here. Listen, are you listening? Because he's talking about you, man. He says, but now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they're not of the world. We're not, we're not, we're not named from the world anymore. We're not, we're not uh, a representation of the world anymore. We're a representation in the world of God. 
representation in the world of Jesus. And so if you ever wonder what that looks like, remind yourself, again, he came after you, right? He came after you. Can we agree about that? Can we agree on that? He came after you. When you're looking at the world, remember, he came after you. He says, and so, so they're not of the world, just as I am not of it. He says, I don't ask that you take them out of the world. He's like, we're, we keep saying, man, God, just come on, just come on back right now. Come back, this is, this is a mess. I, I agree partly with that prayer because I know he told us to continue to pray for him to come back, but I keep looking at the world and thinking there are so many people who don't know that they can know Jesus, man. They don't know they can know Jesus, so I'm like asking God for a little more time. Right, so we can, we can reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? And so he says, look, man, I don't ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. All right, because the enemy, man, he's, he's, he's camping out. Hot on your heels, hot on my heels. And if you've given your life to Christ and thought he was just gonna say, oh, I lost that one. No, 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 no. All right, that's when the enemy puts it in second gear. Could you go? Boop, does a wheelie, comes right after you. I'm telling you, man. I talked to so many people, man. I was talking, I don't know how many people I've talked to in the past couple of months. They've given their life to Christ and said, man, this is not what I thought. <laughs> That's because the, you know, the enemy is a liar and the Lord don't build no sissies. That's what I love about that. God is always about building spiritual muscles and it's pretty amazing. Man, I, mean, I tell you what, you got to get used to working out with Jesus. I know you, some of you like to hit the gym, some of you like to do all that. That's all good, all right? And it gets you a little bit, but man, when you start working the soul out, when you start, we talked, I put a little video out this last week. We talked about, you know, stimulating, everybody's out there stimulating the economy. And man, you, the mall was packed, all right? People were out there stimulating the economy, all right, <laughs> with a quickness and with determination, <laughs> buying things that you know they don't need and they're never going to use. All right, yard sale in two months, watch. It's crazy. All right, but, 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 but what, what, what are we missing when we don't stimulate our insides? We don't stimulate our soul. We don't stimulate our, our, our mind, our pursuit of an almighty God. This is a real thing. I don't ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one because they are not, once again, of the world, just as I am not of the world. He says, sanctify them in the truth. And your word is truth. Sanctify them in the word. This is why it is so important to be in the word of God. And it's so important for us not to just do a devotional, all right? I did my devotional. Or just to have that little bit of time with God. I had my time with God. You know what? All, all time is God's time. So if you, don't, if you ain't recognizing that, then you, once you recognize that, you'll recognize that there is no time with God. It's all his time. And if I'm his, then all my time is his time, all right? And I'm in pursuit of him consistently and trying to live the way he lives in the world, amen? This is, this is, what, this is how we're supposed to do this. You know, he says, sanctify them in the word. Let me ask you this, man. When you read the scripture in the morning, are you just trying to hurry up because you got to go? All right, you got business to take care of. You got up kind of late. I'll just get that one scripture. I feel like I did it. Check. I, I still get points for that, right? You know, kind of thing. 
Or, or, or is that word that you just read that morning, is it a filter for your day? Are you recalling that word? Are you remembering that God is using that word to sanctify you, to set you apart, to, 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 to purify your life, all right? Why? Because it is important. Why is it even important? Because we gotta be believable, man. If I'm gonna walk through and say, you know what? I'm not looking at you with an unhealthy desire. I'm looking at you because I care about your life. I'm not looking at you because I'm trying to challenge and thinking, you know what? I could take you, you know what I mean? I'm looking at you, man, because I've, I have hope for your life and I believe that there is a difference, you know, a, a different life that you could pursue that'll make a difference in this life. I believe that, all right? And if that's the case, man, then, then, then I have to pursue my day through that filter, all right, that is continually creating a believable life right here. A life that lives this life of holiness, man, that pursues holiness, not because I'm trying to be better than anybody on the planet. There is only one person on this planet that I am continually trying to be better than. You wanna know who he is? It's me. It's me. because I know I can, because I am. And so when he says, sanctify them, all right, in truth, your word is truth. He's given us his word, all right, to filter the day, to filter the week, to filter the night, to filter my conversations, to filter my pursuit of love, my pursuit of understanding, my pursuit of, having, of making a difference in this world for his glory. Sanctify them. In your word, your word is truth. And this is where it gets real crazy. And we're gonna talk about this a little bit more. He says, check this out, verse 18. I broke the cap on this thing. So I got this new cap and it like gives me just drops of water. I'm like trying to get some dang water up here. So if I pass out, you know, and just pour a bucket of water on me. <laughs> or bring me some Cinnabons, one of the two. Anyways. <laughs> I did not get enough water right now. So <laughs> if I open it, I'll spill it all over Blake's stuff. He'll be like, ah, you know? So anyways, um, what were we talking about? Something cool, right? Check this out, verse 18. He says, as you sent me into the world, look at that. Just look at it. Come on, check it out. Read that. Read it again. Jesus Christ says to the Father, as you sent me the same way, in the same manner, with the same purpose, all right, as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them. He's sending us. Jesus is sending us. And you're like, well, what does that even look like? Check this out, at the very beginning of Christ's ministry, at the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus, um, when, he, when he first started just coming on the public scene and, being, and people were, were, you know, he, he would go around and teach in synagogues and, and different, you know, places of worship. And at the very beginning, he read this scripture to the crowd. And, and I'm just gonna read a little piece of it because, again, how was he sent? And, you know, and, and, and then, and then, how are we sent if he's sending us the same way he was sent, All right? And, and he shares this, and this is a big deal, man. This is a big deal for us. He says in Luke chapter 18, he, here's what he said. This is how he was sent. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
That's a big deal. The spirit of almighty God is all over me. The spirit of God, man, the, the, the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the greatest, you know, the, the greatest, you know, the God is all over me. Has God all over you? Yes. But are you allowing? Are you kicking? Are you screaming? Are you, are you elbowing? Are, are, he's all over us, man. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has covered me. He has, he has, he has, he has uh, you know, this idea of anointing where they would take oil and it was this representation of purpose in the Holy Spirit for a life, all right? He has, he has, he has, he has not only represented it, he is, it is happening. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to... To do what? He's, 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 he's filled me with his spirit to proclaim the good news to the poor. Are you about that? Are you about giving them some good news? Are you about bringing in hope? Are you about sharing just your life in a way that looks like you ain't trying to keep nothing just all for yourself? He's, he's, he's anointed me because, because he, you know, to, to proclaim the good news to the poor. And here we go. Here's our word, sent, all right? This basic word right here, the, 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 the basic of this word, I mean, in its very basic sense, means mission, to be on mission. He said, he has put me on mission, all right? To proclaim, man, to let it be known, all right? Liberty to those who are captive, people who are just being slaves to sin, who are stuck in a way of life that they don't see any way out. Maybe they're stuck in depression, stuck in isolation, stuck in abusive relationships, stuck in just in drug addiction, stuck in whatever, addicted to money, stuck in considering suicide. He says, he has sent me to proclaim liberty, to proclaim freedom. Man, you don't have to be owned by any of this. This is how he was sent, and this is how we are sent. This is the work of the church. And we've been asking this question for over two months now. Are you the church? He says, the, he sent me to, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, man. People are walking around. They don't even know it. I walked around like, the, whoa, hey, watch it. <laughs> I was just going to keep on doing that. I walked around, pap. All right. <laughs> I'm Okay. All right, <laughs> we would walk around, man. I walked around for years. I thought I saw everything and I was seeing nothing. I gave my life and I saw one, again, again, one descriptive word of my life before Christ. And a lot of you know about my life before Christ. And, and I looked back and I saw a coward. And he opened my eyes and he told me to help other people see. And he's telling you to help other people see. How do you do that? By being the light of Christ in their life. This pursuit of holiness, trying to look like your dad. Check this out, man. If I'm in Christ... Shouldn't I be doing what he's doing rather than trying to tell him to make what I'm doing better? This is important, man. Why he gave us this life. He challenges us to, to be in this life 
In Acts chapter five, verse 20, the Spirit of God tells the disciples, man, to go and stand in the temple and to speak to the people all the words of this life. This life, this life in Christ, this pursuit of holiness, this, this, this continual, extremely aided attempt by the Holy Spirit, the aided attempt in your life to look like Jesus. This life. I don't want you to tell people about this life. But here's the key, man. In order to speak of this life, you must be living this life. See, the world needs this life. This is how the world sees Jesus through this life, a set-apart life. Check this out. Jesus sets us apart in this life to live a life that looks like his life, a different life that makes a difference in life. Take a picture of that. It's a big deal. It's a big idea. This is the set-apart life. I got a crazy question for you, man. How different is this town because you're in it? How different is this town because you're right here? How different is this community because you're in it today? How different is it when you leave? Does, does, something seem, does it seem like something's missing because you left town for a weekend or whatever? Does it seem like something's out of sort, like something's missing, man? How different are the places, all right, you visit just because you're there? I'm not trying to make it sound like you're all that. I'm talking about because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, and he has anointed you, and he has sent you. How different, man, is the atmosphere, all right, because you're breathing in it. Mints are helpful. Again, once again, this is a healthy tip. Right? Not, not sitting next to them. No, never mind. Don't go there. How different, man, is the mall if you're walking through it? How different is Walmart if you're walking up and down the aisles? How different, man, is, is, is a restaurant because you're eating in it? Come on, man, check this out. If, if men and women are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, shouldn't there be a difference? Come on, shouldn't there be a difference? All right. I, 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 uh, I know a young lady uh, from back in the day. Uh, I know her because she married a really good friend of mine. I haven't seen him for a while. Her name was Carrie, and uh, before she married him, she was part of this um, this sent group of people uh, called Frontiers, and it was crazy because they would and they sent and she went she went they, they were they were missionaries they were missionaries men and women we're all missionaries come on man all right and and then she was she was sent. Um, to Iraq, northern Iraq. They, they just, and it was crazy because they don't say, okay, I want you to go there and start a church and all this craziness. No, man. They just get off the plane and say, I want, you just, uh, I want you to show them what it would look like if Jesus lived in northern Iraq. And so they, they would get off the plane. They would get a job. They would find a house. 
And they would show that neighborhood what it looked like if Jesus moved into the neighborhood. And it was crazy because they were kind of in an area that was hostile to Christianity. And they weren't quiet about their faith. They weren't going around just you know, laying tracks on everybody's door. They were just living the life of holiness in that neighborhood. That was actually, and they weren't quiet about their faith. They didn't act like they didn't believe in Christ. And it was crazy because she lived in this neighborhood just for, I mean, it was, it was, I think it was after maybe about five or six months that the, that the neighbors just became such good friends. And they were just so amazed at her commitment to her faith. And they weren't, again, they were just not part of the same faith. But it was crazy because they actually would challenge their son to marry her. You need to marry that girl. But she's not, it doesn't matter. This, this is the real deal right here. And she, she, well, she didn't marry him because it was, they're like, it was a different, different story, different time. But it was just amazing because in her pursuit of holiness, it just changed the atmosphere, changed the neighborhood. The key, the key idea was, was, was simply to show them what it looked like if Jesus moved in to the neighborhood a different life that makes a difference in life. How much different would it be? How much different would your neighborhood be? Just, okay, let's just take a look at this from the outside perspective. How much different would, would your neighborhood be if Jesus moved into your neighborhood today? If you went home and you're like, hey man, Jesus just totally moved in right next door to your neighbor. How much different would him living there look as opposed to you living there? How, how much, what would, what would that, I mean, how different would it look? Would his presence in the neighborhood be different than yours? Should it be? What if he worked at your work? What if Jesus worked at your work? What if you got a job, man, you went to work tomorrow, and get, we just hired this new dude, all right? He's kind of tripped out, man. He's got all these, is this, anyways, this is Jesus. Jesus wanted to introduce you to the staff. All right, it's like, would, would your workplace be any different because he's there? Would it be any different than you being there? What if he went to your school? What if he moved into your house? Would it be any different, man? Should it be any different? I'll put this quote up there, man. This is Jane Goodall. I don't know if you're a fan, but anyways, she said, you cannot get through a single day without an impact on the world around you. You, you just can't. And it is either an impact by commission or omission. You're like, if I stay at my house, well, yeah, you just removed yourself and that made an impact. All right? You cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference everything. And you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make, man. Jesus worked at my work when I was a mechanic down in Tucson. I was a heavy equipment mechanic down there for about seven years. And he worked there. I saw him. And a dude named John Bizarre. 
constantly, constantly this guy was showing me grace and showing me hope and that, and he was speaking to my life in a way that just challenged me to live a life of integrity and humility. It was quite amazing. He would not say that, you know what, I'm just a great leader, that's why. I'm holy, that's why. But he lived a life that showed evidence of it. In John chapter 20, verse 21, he, uh, he says, check this out. He says, you know, this is after he prayed that prayer. This is after he shared the spirit of the Lord is upon me. After he prayed that prayer in the garden, uh, or, or um, after he prayed that prayer in the garden, after he was crucified, after he resurrected, and after they saw him, he said to them in John chapter 20, verse 21, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? What does that look like, man? Danny Morales was my spiritual father. One of my spiritual fathers. Danny Morales was an amazing man in my life. And he passed away earlier this year. And I felt the hit. Because since February, there has been something missing huge in my life. Amazing, man. I went to his memorial yesterday. That's why we were down there in Tucson. And uh, somebody said it just perfectly. He said that Danny... Um, he, there were so many lives that he affected. There were women getting up there that didn't really know him that well. They were just sharing testimony of how Danny's impact changed their husband. But one person said it so amazingly. He said, Danny didn't tell you how to live. He showed you. In a pursuit of holiness. He showed you Jesus. That's all I got to say about that. I know, man, you might say, you know what, this is not me. I'm not, I'm not this person. I'm not this great leader that's just, I want to challenge you, man. Not every great leader has the biggest mouth in the room. <laughs> not every great leader, at least from the top. Christ led from the bottom up. He said himself, he goes, he says, he says I didn't come here to, to, uh, to be served. I came here to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. This is the church. This is our movement in the world. But the question remains, are you the church? Are you the church?
And as we've been sharing over the past few weeks, are you the church that believes the whole gospel of God? Are you the church that believes and trusts the whole gospel of Jesus Christ from beginning, all right, till what's even coming yet, that, that, that we have pushed our way away from God, that he restored it away back to God through the, through the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And do you recognize that he is coming back for us? Do you believe the whole, the whole gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you the church, all right? Are you the church that recognizes there are other kings that try to exalt themselves in my life, the king of pride, the king of power, the king of pleasure? Are you the church that says, you know what? Those kings will not have dominion over me. Are you the church that says, I'm going to live the set-apart life that Jesus sent me to live, man? He has positioned me for holiness by his, by, his, by his blood, and I am positioned for holiness. I am sanctified by his Holy Spirit and continually being sanctified through a relationship in his Holy Spirit. And because of that, I am pursuing a different life that is going to make a difference in this life. Amen? Amen. Come on now. Jesus sets us apart in this life to live a life that looks like his life, a different life that makes a difference in life. What are you going to do about this? <laughs> you got to do something, right? You got to do something, man. I want to challenge you to three different things, man. I'm not going to go crazy on this just really quickly. Number one, I want you to pursue, man, just Pursue to live like Jesus. Like, how am I going to do that? Well, man, open up your Bible and say, oh, that's what he did. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And pursue to live like Christ. Live it, that life among others. And we're going to go nuts with that next week. It's crazy. We're going to this whole thing. It's not ashamed. We're, just, we're not ashamed. We ain't scared and we ain't ashamed. All right? But we need to live this out loud life among others, man. This gentle out loud life. This humble out loud life. This loving out loud life around others. Not in isolation. It's easy to be this awesome super Christian when nobody's around. Right? I don't have a problem being a Christian. I just have a problem with people. <laughs> no. That can't be it. Number two, I want you to pursue to give like Jesus, to give in love. Look how he gave his life to you. Look, at, what did you do to earn that? Anybody? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. So why are we trying to make other people earn our love? Why are we trying to make other people earn our love, man? What would it look like for us to love first, to give our life the way Christ gave his. Pursue to live like Jesus. Pursue to give like Jesus. The last one doesn't rhyme, but you give God all the glory for it. Amen. Make sure you give him all the glory because they're going to say, what? what you, people are going to say, man, you are just Him, not me, man. Amen. I'm just going to remind you if Jesus has changed your life, you're a life changer. If Jesus has changed your world, you're a world changer.
We got the easy part done, right? It's your turn. Praise the Lord.